Well, Ash, welcome to the Simply Country podcast, and I would love to know where your ranch is located and what you call yourselves. So we are Turner Farm, and we are in Nova Scotia, Canada, so far, far east. (laughs) Wow, okay, wonderful. And how did you guys get started? Uh, Yeah, so we moved here about three and a half years ago. Um, And when we moved here, we had never farmed before, we had never had animals before, and I really loved the idea of being more self-sustainable, but originally sort of just thought maybe we'll have a few chickens for eggs and some goats for the kids, and and that that would be fine. And so... I always laugh because I think chickens are sort of like a gateway drug. Yes. (laughs) Once you have chickens, you sort of just, it just snowballs from there. Uh Um, So we got, we we started with, uh, I think we had four chickens, maybe. That's how we started. And and then, uh, and then it just kept growing from there. I used to have sheep and, and then my husband got, a couple pigs one year just to raise for our family for meat okay and we really really loved the pigs and so um we kind of transitioned from sheep to uh pigs and cows and we've just been growing on that side ever since wow so then how when you are saying you're growing what is what's your farm kind of look like like how how many pigs are we talking i think right now we have and they're all different ages so we have Mm -hmm. breeding pigs and then we have our feeders and we have you know our boar Mm -hmm. uh i think around 60 i would say wow uh, that we have right now yeah and then uh we also raise cows and that was something that we just sort of started in the last year or so so uh like i said i had sheep and i decided to sell my flock of sheep and we kind of got into cows so we have we raise uh, Angus Wagyu cattle. So our uh, our cows are Angus, and then we have a full blood Wagyu bull. Okay, so you're raising. That's we sell meat, we sell breeding stock, and we sell you know feeder pigs and that sort of thing. And then on the homestead side, I have my uh, my laying flock for eggs and our dairy cow Janet. The Jersey cow for milk. I <laughs> love that name. <laughs> wow. And so you've done all of this in three years? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, three years. Wow. Do you ever like look back and you're just saying, wow, we've just accomplished so much? Because that sounds like a lot that you guys have put into this so far. Yeah. It's so funny because we have, we feel like we still have so far to go. Oh, yeah. So, we really have to remind ourselves to stop and sort of look at where we were three years ago, or even just a year ago, even a year ago um, mm-hmm. to now was so, was so different. So yeah, it, it is pretty neat. It's amazing what you can do in a few years, especially with pigs, because pigs can accumulate so quickly. Cows is more of a long-term thing. Yeah. If you're really picking good breeding stock and you're breeding for good genetics, mm-hmm. it's not, it takes a lot longer to sort of get up and going with cows. Yes. But pigs, it seems like they sort of just keep multiplying. <laughs> and their litters are so big. It's yeah. So big, yeah. So it's all of a sudden, you know, you had 10 pigs and then you have 100. <laughs> it doesn't take very long. No, not 
So what yeah. what is your daily what does your daily routine look like? Um, we get up and have breakfast and do the chores. Uh, and if Janet is in milk, then I would milk her then. And then we are homeschooling, so we would do the morning. Typically, we spend uh, doing homeschool. And then in the afternoon, we kind of, it's sort of like, I don't know, free time. <laughs> and then in the evening, we do the chores again. And if Janet was in milk, then we would milk her again. And in the summer, that looks a bit different because I was only milking her once a day. So I would actually milk her every evening at like 9.30, or sorry, 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. And that actually worked really well for us because uh, we're, you know, we don't go out late or anything like that. So we were yeah. always home. And so it didn't feel much like a burden at all. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Farming is a long day process and you kind of have to just be on call all the time whenever your animals need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know that there's seasons where that's not the case, you know, right now we're, uh, you know, we're not farrowing and other than the fact that we have two cows that are going to be due to calf soon. But other than that, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward in the winter. Everyone's cold and they just sleep and eat. <laughs> yes. But you still have to go out and give it. Do you feed hay up, up there? Um, or do you grow hay or do you purchase? How yeah. do you feed your animals? We, we have two hay fields um, that we will hay. So they are actually um, not connected to their farm. And, uh, so we're feeding hay right now. So we just do round bales. So it's not it's not really that hard because they don't have, we don't have to feed them every single day, obviously, because mm -hmm. we don't have enough that they go through it that quickly. Um, but the pigs are fed twice a day, in the morning and in the night. I would say the pigs are definitely a lot more tedious than the cows. <laughs> sure. So which one do you feel? Which animal do you feel like that you enjoy? The cows. Yeah. Definitely. For, for both of us, probably, I would say the cows. I really, I like our pigs, but the cows, their personalities, and they're just such a calm, gentle, large animal to be around. I definitely, hands down, would be my favorite. Yes, I, we have cows, we have cattle as well, um, different breed and such, but I, I really just enjoy them. They're such an interesting animal. You have highlands, do you not? Yes, we do. We have a couple friends here that have Highland cows, and they are such a lovely breed. They're so gentle and so docile, and they're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've really liked them. <laughs> and so I, you have such a beautiful feed. Um, so I'm looking at your Instagram, and you have curated such a wholesome environment that you are sharing just all of the aspects of your farm all the way from baking um, to sustainable and um, looking at the fodder system that you guys are using which is like a you know you if you could go into that but we're trying to get into that for, for our chickens so okay how are you doing the whole system our fodder is essentially a kind of self-sustained chamber of yeah. basically when it is kind of rocking and rolling um we we fill it we fill the trays and in seven days we have these beautiful sprouted uh, mats that we feed to our pigs and our pigs can eat that just that and wow. so we joke like we have grass-fed pigs <laughs> i know that that's not actually a thing but you know it is still grain but it, they're eating you know they're eating the whole root system they're eating the grain they're eating the grass it's a really beautiful 
nutrient dense um, feed to give to them. Right. It's called a fodder box. So uh, it's it's just like a giant silver box, and it inside of it we grow hundreds and hundreds of pounds of fodder in it. It's pretty exciting. We have a garage that we're building right now that is going to be designated for growing fodder. And um, so for our listeners, just what that means is it it to make it like simple for a picture in your head, it kind of looks like um, sod. Like if you were going to roll out grass for your new, like you're moving into a new house and you're putting down lawn, it looks almost just like that where it kind of has a like a stringy bed and then grass is grown on top of it. Essentially what is what it looks like for our listeners. Yeah. And we have a whole highlight on my Instagram that oh, outlines. Good. Yeah. So people, if they are interested, they can go on and take a look on that and it shows what it looks like and it shows how it grows. Yeah. Can you share your Instagram handle with us? It's turner.farm. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So take a look at that one. Awesome. Um, so what kind of got you guys started into farming just three years ago? Um, well, I think I just, I really loved the idea of producing the food that we eat. Um, I was vegetarian for 10 years. Uh It was not a choice that felt right for me anymore, uh, in the end. And by that time I was really passionate about making sure that I knew where my food came from. Yeah. And, and so when then I decided to said, well, we're going to have to get the animals here that, I'm going to eat because Mm -hmm. I wanted to know where they came from. So we did start with the pigs. I feel like that's a really great starting point for somebody who is looking to raise animals for meat and be a little bit more self-sustainable. Chickens obviously are a great start. Yes. Uh, But pigs, to have a couple pigs, they're really not that hard and they're small. Okay. You know, they grow to be 300 pounds, but they, (laughs) they really... They're not, they're, they're a very easy, manageable animal on a lower scale. Right. Compared to like cows who take a, right. a, a large amount of feeding area. Exactly. And they're harder, um, you know, they're harder to manage and you need ha- handling systems. And if you're only going to have one or two, it's probably not, not so bad. But even when I first, before we got into cows, I had a Jersey cow was the very first one that we had here. And it was very intimidating because I had never, I did not grow up with horses. Uh, I didn't grow up with cows. It was very intimidating to have this really large animal that I was, you know, expecting to milk and use for our consumption. And it was, it was a very intimidating thing for us coming from just chickens and baby doll sheep and pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, that was sort of, it was like, how do we ease ourselves into this in a way that feels comfortable and manageable and um, efficient for us? Sure. And we we started with just a few acres of land, and so that didn't that doesn't really sustain cows at that point sure. to have a few acres of land. So we started with chickens, and and then we got the pigs, and that worked really really well, uh, and we loved it. And so we decided to buy breeding stock to start breeding our own kind of fun little cross of pigs. So we have Berkshire and we breed them to a Chinese Mishan. Uh, <laughs> and so my husband, he looks like a huge floppy eared, I don't know, dog of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> but my, uh, my husband is a barbecue guy. So he used to travel before COVID used to travel around in the States and compete in barbecue competitions. Really? And, 
Yeah. And so he's traveled internationally also to learn butchery and um, breaking down and using the animal and then also cooking it. And so that was something he was really passionate about. But when he was traveling, he would learn about the different types of meat and the different types of fat in the meat that make it so great. And so the breed of pig that we've chosen was for specifically for barbecue. Um, the fat and, you know, how it, how it marbles through the pork and it's very dark, darker red pork than uh, your traditional, you know, um, lighter pork. And then same with the cows, we chose those for the same reason, for the marbling and the fat and barbecue. And so that was sort of kind of our driving factor to get in. Wow. So I now I want to know, is he going to be making some barbecue sauce? Because I think we're going to need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what we it was funny because when we first got into it, we had a big farm to table dinner at the farm. And yeah. that was sort of where our heads were at we thought that would be a really fun thing to get into Mm -hmm. and then COVID happened (laughs) yes oh my gosh so we don't we don't do that anymore right now but someday um I know that he would like to do some more of that he loves to cook for people he loves to cook meat so Yeah. yeah That is so exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey and kind of what got you here. I love that both sides of your relationship has kind of come together to find um, a passion within this farming. And you guys are both, it sounds like, on the same page. Um, for Yeah. So um, what is something that you feel that you've learned along this journey? For someone who's just starting, like what can we expect? Or So I think when you're watching people live a self-sustainable lifestyle oftentimes you see the highlights you Mm -hmm. see when things are really well like great you see the births that go well and you see um you know these great experiences with it and I think Instagram is getting really good at showing that that's not always the case and I think that's a really important thing to know when you raise livestock there is always going to be loss and it doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you're really good at it you'll always lose animals. And that was really stressful. And you'll always have sick animals too. You know, mm-hmm. you'll always have, we just, our Jersey cow just came down uh, with an abscess on her foot from the weather that we've been having because it was so wet and then it all froze and she ended up with an abscess and she couldn't walk and she's you know going to have her baby soon. And I think the further I get into it, the more I can greet those experiences with less stress. Well, that's a good way of putting it. Because not that I just expect things to go wrong, but more like I expect that there will be bumps in the road. There's, it doesn't always go smoothly. And I think that it's important to have good mentors and people who can, you know, back you up and and a really good vet who can be there when you need them and, and the budget for all of those things. And I think if you can have that, then it doesn't need to be stressful mm-hmm. when those things happen. And um, inevitably, there's going to be losses and, you know, a little bit of heartbreak. And I think that I've learned the further that I get into it, that how to how to manage the emotion around that. Definitely, because you are you're caring for these animals day in and day out. And so they become a part of your your family farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you don't have with our pigs, we have so many pigs and not that they all don't, you know, mean a lot to us. But uh, 
it tends, if you don't have a lot, if you only have two pigs and you lose one, well, that's a lot harder. Right. So I think that allowing yourself to start really small. And I think for us, that was really good for us because we started really small. We had a lot of losses and we had a lot of really great gains too. And, and I think, you know, in the end, now we kind of have our feet on the ground and we, we know, um, we have our system sort of down a little bit better and we can meet those challenges with a little bit more knowledge behind us rather than, you know, freaking out a little. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, especially if you're pretty new to it. I'm also probably along, we started about five years ago, but you and I are pretty yeah. similar in that of just starting. And so it's almost like what you don't know, you don't know. And then, so everything can feel like a big deal. And then once you jump over that hurdle, it's like, oh, okay, well, I could, I could do better next time. Or yeah, okay. That's how I can you know, this is what we'll need to prepare. When it comes to like lambing, we had our first season of lambing this last year. And when the first one happened, I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I had like, I had the vet on the phone and I was like, she, the, the mom's like crying a lot. <laughs> and then by yeah. the time the second one happened, I was like, okay, this is normal. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Lambing was not my favorite. I will take farrowing and calving over lambing any day. Really? I feel like lambs come out and they just are born to want to die. <laughs> oh, they're so wet. To keep yeah. Them mm-hmm. With cows, they come out fighting. Piglets, they come out fighting. They are going right to the milk. They're right to the food source. Lambs, it's like you have to sit there with them forever. And it's almost like you're convincing them to stay on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah, I can see that now. <laughs> so I, I was so shocked when we, I was lambing and then we got the pigs and we started farrowing and I was so nervous the first time we farrowed and they all came out fighting for milk. And I thought, oh my heavens, this is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you kind of found where you're, where you're Nick. You also have another passion that is pretty evident, um, prevalent on your social media page and that's sourdough. Would you like to go into so, Uh, I started baking sourdough long before I moved here, but I, not very well, I guess. I wasn't baking it very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I learned, I sort of kind of just took tips and tricks along the way and then and then it got better and better and I started baking a lot more when we moved here. And it, I think that I started offering classes on the farm so I would have people come into our home and take the classes. So wow. I would fit probably... I think at the very most we had 12 people come that's still a lot yeah in the in the classes in the house and mm-hmm. so that was really fun and I loved it and we were doing that probably every month um having a class here every month and and then COVID happened and so I stopped <laughs> the host uh and then so I, I kept baking and sharing and during COVID when everyone was on lockdown here we, I was just baking and gifting and baking and gifting bread all the time because I loved it. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll start a Zoom class or an online class for sourdough. And, and so I did. And, and so that's where I'm at right now. So we're, I've been offering the Zoom classes, I think since the summer, maybe, or the fall. And yeah, I love them. And they are awesome because I can have anyone from anywhere in the world on them, which is so much fun because it's so 
neat to see people kind of tuning in from the U.S. and Europe and all over the world. I've had someone get up in the middle of the night and attend a class from Australia. They came at like, it was like one o'clock in the morning there. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. So that's been really fun. I actually far prefer the Zoom classes. I think I would stick with that. Um, and you know, again, maybe someday we'll, we'll do some more on-farm stuff when mm-hmm. things are different, but for now, uh, that's been, that's been really enjoyable. Yeah. You're able to just reach such a wider audience and now your table can grow further than 12. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then how would people get in touch with if they wanted to? I have it linked right in my profile on Instagram so they can go and, uh, so I have two classes right now. I have a beginner class and an advanced class. And the beginner class is just a start to finish um, run through of my entire process and method and recipe and everything that you would you know ever need to know to get started with sourdough and be successful in baking your bread. And so I often say even people who have been baking sourdough for four or five years have come and taken the beginner class and been really happy that they did and then have come and taken the advanced class. So uh, the advanced class is more techniques and just focuses on things like um, not really process related, but all of the ways that you would troubleshoot your bread, I guess, um, oh, yeah. and, and different ways to yeah do techniques. So I have those two and they're linked in my, in my profile. So the advanced class this month is on the 27th and then the next beginner class is March 13th. Wow, that is so exciting. I love the way that you're just um, branching out in so many different avenues. Um, so is there anything that you would like to share with us that you are very passionate about or you think that we should know about farming? I think for someone starting out, uh, start small. Start with, you know, one animal. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, I know that that's hard. I know it's hard to, you know, not want to go a million miles an hour. But uh, starting small, I think, was our, our biggest gift that we gave ourselves was to sort of move slow uh and yeah otherwise just go for it get a dairy cow <laughs> everyone everyone should have a- so then ash what is your favorite part about living on the farm oh that's a hard one um i don't know i really like it all uh it's it's funny because I think when we first started people thought oh the novel I know I had friends say that about the dairy cow the novelty of that will definitely wear off and you know the hard work will definitely start getting to you and we we definitely have our days but yeah um I would say just being able to go into the backyard and milk you know we have a milk dispenser and you know eggs in the coop and vegetables in the garden and you know that that would probably be my favorite part of forgetting how long it's been since you've gone grocery shopping wow so would you say you're completely sustainable no I wouldn't um we definitely have a long ways to go as far as my ability to properly garden (laughs) (laughs) I have a long I have a lot to learn as far as keeping uh, a productive garden that could sustain us all year as far as preserves and that sort of thing but that's definitely a goal of mine at some point in my life (laughs) to learn that Mm -hmm. but 
for meat and dairy and being able to make all of our own dairy products and eggs and all of that, I would say we're very close to to being self-sufficient when everything is in motion and we're able to harvest what we need for our family. Yes, that makes sense. But that is very cool that you can rarely think about the times you've went to the grocery store. I probably stretch it further than I should. Daniel would argue that I probably stretch it further than I should. (laughs) But we still eat. We still have food. Yes. (laughs) But it seems like that's more of a chore than actually doing the animal chores. (laughs) A hundred percent. We're, you know, we are... 25 minutes I would say from like they're big (laughs) wonderful well I so appreciate your time thank you so much for um sitting down with me and having a conversation about where you guys got started I've really enjoyed our conversation I'm so excited to look forward to all more of your posts and um joining a sourdough class because Ben my husband is newly dairy and gluten free and so sourdough is one of the few you know um breads that you can eat and he likes bread (laughs) yes me too I can't imagine life without bread (laughs) (laughs) yes well thank you so much 